What is up guys? It is Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets heading into week 15 of the NFL season. I'm guessing if you guys are watching this you have made the fantasy playoffs so congratulations on that and hopefully this video can help you guys kind of choose the uh, best options off the waiver wire. Maybe you need someone who can win now. Maybe you want someone who has you know long-term upside in a few weeks. There are going to be a ton of different types of players in this video talking about five guys at every spot and then uh, these are going to be players who are available in 50% or more leagues using the uh, ESPN waiver wire. If you guys enjoy the content, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. As always, if you have any questions, you drop it down below. I will make sure to get back to every single person. But let's jump into the running back position. And I feel like we have to start it off here with Jarek McKinnon, who is owned in only 33.5% of leagues. And he goes out, he leads the Chiefs running backs with a 57% snap share. He is a solid workload of six carries and nine targets. But I mean, this man just exploded through the air. He did have 22 rushing yards, but I mean, all his production came from his seven receptions, 112 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. He has been a decently stable option over the last like six weeks. He has scored uh, 10 plus points in four out of those last six games. Do I love him as like an RB2 in my lineup? Probably not, but maybe you're in a deeper league. You're desperate for an RB3, someone to throw into your flex, or you know maybe you have multiple flex spots. I do think you could do worse than Jarek McKinnon there. So I think he's one of these guys where if you're desperate for a plug and play, he is someone who could kind of fill that role. Another guy who may be able to fill that role is Travis Homer, who is owned in 31.2% of leagues. And you know Homer got the opportunity this week because Kenneth Walker was out. We also saw DJ Dallas miss, but we were kind of hearing reports before the game. I think it was Schefter who came out and said that he expected Tony Jones to get the start. And I don't know where that man got that information because Travis Homer goes out here and dominates the opportunities and the usage. Like not even just like, you know, we had a decent split and Tony Jones didn't start. Like Tony Jones barely saw the field. Travis Homer had a 91% snap share, 64% route participation, and he took nine of the 10 running back carries. Now Homer's, I guess, role in this offense is pretty fragile because I think he's only viable as a start if both Walker and DJ Dallas miss again. But at this point in the season, like I guess you're gonna need a few breaks to go your way. If you do need a start, I guess you know he's worth rostering. It is a tough matchup against the 49ers. So even in a committee with DJ Dallas, it's not like I'd wanna be messing around with Travis Homer. But regardless of matchup, if you're gonna have a 91% snap share at the running back position, you know, you're someone you at least have to keep an eye on. And then kind of the third and final running back who potentially could be playable in week 15, it's gonna be Chuba Hubbard, who is owned in 18.5% of leagues. Now, despite his strong workload with 14 carries and three targets, it does look like he is still the Panthers running back two behind Deonta Foreman. He had 74 rushing yards, it got into the end zone, caught three passes for 25 yards. We saw Chuba Hubbard take a lot of the third downs and a lot of the short yarded situations. He filtered in on a few goal line opportunities, but we still saw Deonta Foreman kind of control that role. So Hubbard is the number two, and you kind of need you know a break to go his way, like it did this game getting into the end zone. But like I said, you know, you're not gonna have Christian McCaffrey sitting on the waiver wire. So, you know, you're not gonna love the guys you're plugging in here, but he is potentially playable 
in week 15. Now, two guys who I think are playable based on an injury, so some handcuffs. Alexander Madison, still, you know, widely available in leagues, owned in 22.5%, obviously the Dalvin Cook handcuff. And then we have Joshua Kelly, owned in 4.3% of leagues, the Austin Eckler handcuff. And then just an honorable mention to uh, Jordan Mason, the uh, Christian McCaffrey handcuff. You may be thinking, like, what's the point of having a handcuff this late in the season? You know, it's not like they're going to be able to start for the rest of the year. Their starters are healthy, but you just never know what's going to happen for the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, maybe you and your opponent's roster, they look pretty identical, but then all of a sudden we see Christian McCaffrey go down. And now you just have the 49ers running back one sitting on your bench. Now you can plug them into your flex spot your RB2 area, they can just give you massive upgrades, you know, without really anything else happening, you know, around your team. Also possible, you kind of get the double whammy where maybe they have the Delvin Cook and then he goes down and you have Alexander Madison, massive dock to their team, massive upgrade to yours. Also just insulating your roster if you want to pick up the handcuff of the top running back you have. So there is still value in rostering handcuffs, you know, this late into the season. Now let's move over to the wide receiver position, and we're going to start it off with Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is still somehow under that 50% threshold, only owned in 44.3% of leagues. He goes out, he leads the Browns in targets, catches eight passes for 114 yards on 12 targets. He was the clear-cut, you know, number one wide receiver for this specific game. I think moving forward, he's a solid wide receiver three, a decent flex option rest of season. Now Deshaun Watson definitely didn't look good, but he at least supplied some volume this game, you know, that could lead to solid production for DPJ. Cooper didn't have a decent day, but David Njoku had a solid performance. So at least the volume was there. If the volume's there, you know, DPJ can be a wide receiver three. Now the second wide receiver is going to be Traylon Burks, who is owned in 48.4% of leagues. He missed this past week dealing with a concussion. But I don't understand why a wide receiver, you know, is owned in sub 50% of leagues when he has proven that when healthy, he is a solid wide receiver three play. You know, every time he starts to break out, he unfortunately goes down with some sort of injury. Like if we look at the last three games he played in, he had a seven for 111 game, a four for 70. And then in the game, he left the concussion. He had like a great first quarter touchdown catch and then has to leave the game because he basically gets like knocked out. But when Traylon Burks has been on the field, he has been very solid. And I do think he's someone who could give you starts in week 15, 16, 17, you know, if you are able to make it that far. Now, moving over to the third wide receiver, we have DJ Chark, who is owned in 22.6% of leagues. And full transparency, I wasn't super into Chark last week. I'm pretty sure when you guys left a comment, like, oh, what do you think about Chark? I think he's a solid play this week. And I think I responded with like, you know, it's possible, but he's not really someone I want to be relying on. He goes out, has had back-to-back big games. Week 13, he went five for 98. Week 14, he went six for 94 and a touchdown. Now we did see Jamison Williams kind of make a splash play, but he is still, you know, kind of phased out of this offense at the moment. Maybe they start to, you know, work him more and more in. But at this point, like if Chark is playing well and they don't think JMO is totally 100%, I could still see Chark, you know, being involved week to week. This passing attack has been very strong with Jared Goff as of late. So definitely someone worth a pickup. Then we have Elijah Moore, who is owned in 33% of leagues. As you guys know, I was a huge Elijah Moore guy heading into the season. Even early on, I was like, he's going to turn it around. He's a good trade target. And I'd basically been totally wrong. He was a terrible pick. He never really turned it around, but he's starting to get that early season usage back. You know, he requested the trade. His snaps plummeted. He was playing behind Denzel Mims. Corey Davis comes back. He's behind Corey Davis. 
We saw him go out in this game, have a 92% route participation, which is very strong, only uh, trailing Garrett Wilson. He led the team with 10 targets, caught six of those for 60 yards. So not a huge fantasy day, but just the fact that a wide receiver we thought was talented heading into the season, now he's getting those opportunities. Definitely someone to look at, you know, rest of season. Maybe he was dropped a few weeks ago. He's been sitting on waiver wires. He definitely has some life and some value rest of season. And then the final wide receiver here is going to be Darius Slayton, owning 41.8% of leagues. He's coming off a down game, but I still think he's like a weekly back-end wide receiver three, averaging 12.7 points per game over the last seven weeks. Now, moving over to the quarterback position, the QB position is pretty dry in terms of streaming options. There's one clear-cut option who is Jared Goff, owned in 43.9% of leagues. Still not sure how this dude is, you know, not owned in more leagues, but he's coming off a massive game, 330 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He does have a tough matchup against the Jets here, but I mean, the Lions offensively are trending up, honestly, as an entire team, they're trending up. So he may not have, you know, the 330 and three touchdowns, but I do think he can give you a, you know, serviceable game at the quarterback position. Then we have Brock Purdy, who is owned in just 6.3% of leagues. He goes out and looks like a legit NFL starting quarterback against the Buccaneers. Now, I think the Bucs defense is a little bit overrated. They've had a lot of cake matchups. So, you know, I think the, uh, you know, overall stats are kind of skewed in favor of them, but they're definitely not, you know, like a super weak defense. They can be tough and Purdy just shreds through them. He had 21.7 fantasy points, but I mean, the dude was basically done passing the ball like after the first half. It was a complete blowout, complete shutdown from the Buccaneers, you know, as an entire team. He has a decent week 15 matchup here against the Seahawks. We know the weapons around him are great. He may be without uh, Debo Samuel for the next few weeks, but you still have Christian McCaffrey. You have Brandon Ayuk. You have George Kittle. These weapons are still very, very solid. So I think he could be a decent streaming option. Maybe you had a Lamar Jackson. You know, you picked up Tyler Huntley to be your quarterback, and now you need another streaming option. Purdy is someone who is likely going to be on waivers for you. And then the third quarterback here is going to be Mike White, who is owned in 15.3% of leagues. Now he's had three games as the starter, and he has regressed fantasy-wise in each game. So his first game, 24.8 fantasy points. Second one, 17.8. Third one, 10.7. But he's coming off of a tough game against the Bills. There's not going to be a ton of quarterbacks who go out there and deliver super solid performances against that defense. He was still given the opportunity in terms of volume to have a decent day. He has a much better matchup against the Lions this week. Talked about Jared Goff as a solid streamer. If this turned into a little bit of a shootout, you know, I'd be pretty happy with that. But definitely someone to look at and also someone who may be on waivers because unless someone's holding, you know, a second quarterback, it's pretty unlikely that he would be starting for someone against the Bills in week 14. And now we have to move over to the tight end position where every single week I talk about Evan Ingram. He's owned in 44.3% of leagues. He goes out there every week. He runs a ton of routes. His route participation is always great, and the production just hadn't been there. I think he had a decent game in uh, week 13, but you know before that, he had been on a uh, cold stretch. This man just goes out on Sunday, turns into like prime Rob Gronkowski, 15 targets, 11 receptions, 162 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. That uh, ended up being 39.2 PPR points just out of nowhere. I mean, like we've seen a few of these just huge breakout games at the tight end position, and I'm pretty sure it skyrocketed him to like a top five, you know, like tight end on the season. So he is definitely like the clear cut number one waiver wire tight end. If he's out there, 
go pick him up. You know, I'm sure everyone's going to be interested if they're struggling at the tight end position. So he's obviously the number one. And then it kind of falls off to just like, you know, random shots in the dark here. And uh, we're going to start off that tier with Okonkwo, who is owned in 3.5% of leagues from the Tennessee Titans. So he has been increasingly more involved over the last few games. He's seen five, five, and six targets over the past three weeks. And he's coming off of back-to-back solid performances, four receptions for 68 yards, and then six receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. In general, you look at this Titans team and the strength is clearly not in the wide receiver room, especially with Traylon Burks out. So they are relying a little more on Okonkwo and uh, Austin Hooper. So I think he's someone to look at. Do I love him in my lineup? You know, no, but we all know how bad the tight end position is. So you know, sometimes you just got to hope he gets in the end zone. He's had some decent volume over the past few weeks. So that's really all you're looking for off waivers at the tight end position. Then we have Hunter Henry, who is owned in 29.8% of leagues. He had solid usage in the week 13 matchup, even though, you know, he didn't give you a decent fantasy day. So we'll see how he looks tonight and we'll see uh, what that route participation is looking like here on Monday Night Football. Tyler Conklin owned in 39.2% of leagues. Overall, he has struggled production-wise over the past five games. He hasn't hit double-digit PPR points since week eight, but he has been targeted 15 times over the past two weeks, had a 67% route participation, which isn't great, but for a streaming tight end, you know, it's not terrible. So the volume has been there. He just kind of needs to translate it to actual production. And then the final waiver wire tight end is going to be Daniel Bellinger, who is owned in 14.8% of leagues. And kind of just a rough stretch here for Bellinger. So if you guys are familiar with my channel, I had been talking about him before his eye injury. He had started to carve out a really nice role in the offense. He was operating as the clear-cut tight end one. Then he goes down with that rough eye injury. He misses a bunch of time. He returns last week, has a really, really solid role. Then he comes into week 14, and he ends up being in and out of the lineup with a rib injury. So the guy really just can't catch a break. Finishes the day with three receptions for 19 yards. I was looking at the route participation numbers, you know, and it had fallen off a lot since the past game. And, you know, then I started looking around and I saw that he had, uh, you know, been in and out. So that explains his poor usage. He'll likely have a larger role if he can stay healthy. So another guy you can kind of throw a dart on at the tight end position. And then the final position, we're going to be talking about some streaming defenses, starting it off with the Packers who are owned in 38.4% of leagues. They go up against the Rams. I know the Rams had that crazy comeback with Baker Mayfield. You know, I feel like people are probably going to be rooting for Baker. I still think it's a great matchup here for that Packers defense. Then we have the Browns going up against the Ravens. Browns are owned in 28.9% of leagues. Obviously, Ravens super banged up at the quarterback position. There were reports coming out that Lamar may not return uh, even in week 15. So obviously, that would be huge for the Browns defense in that matchup. Then we have the Commanders who are owned in 37.6% of leagues. They go up against the Giants. Giants offense hasn't exactly been firing on all cylinders and the commanders overall, you know, decent defensive unit. We have the Broncos, obviously a super solid defense owned in 39.4% of leagues. They're going up against the Cardinals. Not a great matchup to go up against, but you're going to be betting more so, you know, on the uh, Broncos defense. And then we have the Saints who are owned in 42% of leagues. Really like them as a streaming option this week going up against the Falcons. Sets five players at basically every position. I think three quarterbacks just because the uh, QB position is weak. But if you guys did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm going to be putting out some more content for the fantasy playoffs. So I'm going to be doing obviously the normal start sits, but I'm actually going to be doing fantasy rankings for like every position. I'm even thinking about doing it for defenses and kickers. Haven't totally committed 
but we'll see. You know, if I have the time, I'll try to put those out also, even though it's kind of brutal putting out uh, defense and kicker content, but I'll try to do it. Thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.